Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today I am anxious about bananas. Chris is not. Chris is fine. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, Chris is fine with the bananas, but you are decidedly not fine. So we're going to explore that, right? We are, and get ready, guys. It's going to be a deep dive. Like, if you don't think that I can fill an hour talking about bananas, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see how long this episode is because Chris is not anxious about bananas whatsoever. But I honestly feel like I could do a three-part series about this. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how long it goes. This is either going to be the most popular episode or people are going to wonder what is going on. And I'm fine with both. We wanted to wait a little bit. Like we kind of wanted to build up this like banana situation because it's just, you know, it could be like a running joke. Why is this girl so, so upset about bananas all the time? What did they ever do to her? You're about to find out. Um, But we received some disturbing news today. Chris, can you share this disturbing news, which I'm too traumatized to uh, to share with our audience? Yes, yes, I can. So this morning when I was perusing either Twitter or Reddit, I can't, I can't quite remember, I came across an article noting that today, at least in Australia, is National Banana Day. And the article featured a well, I mean, just a huge banana, um, and uh, I mean, which would have been offensive for for anybody, um, but especially offensive for you. Yes. And I thought to myself, well, I know we're recording today, and I think it is going to be a real treat to send this to her first thing in the morning. So it would have been your afternoon, but I sent it to you and you responded pretty quick uh, and not too kindly. No, it was not a nice wake up call. No. And then we got, then we got down into the nitty gritty and found out that national banana day is actually April the 15th in the U S but in Australia, it's May 1st. And so we're going with that for now. And then it just kind of everything clicked, right? And we thought, if today is National Banana Day in Australia, then we've got to record the banana podcast right now. We also forgot to pick a topic before we recorded today. So that's also <laughs> why we picked this one. <laughs> yes. So this is, I think these these are important things to let people in on on the behind the scenes we had picked out the day we were recording and we were scheduled only once this time or possibly twice and then we once we had that lockdown we said okay 2 p.m or whatever 2 30 p.m on this day we're good to go and then yes of course we woke up this morning and realized that we hadn't chosen the topic so here we are I i feel like we're in a good place i'm not as convinced as you that we're going to be able to turn this into an hour, but I also know that you are passionate about this. You're fired up about the ba- banana 
hatred and and uh, you have some serious banana anxiety. And I, I've noticed that as well because people would have noted so far that whenever I've said this is bananas um, or it was just bananas or whatever, I can hear almost like a like a guttural shudder, you know, on your side. You can feel my body recoiling through the microphone. Yeah, exactly. A full body recoil. So before we get into the rest of the recoiling, and I will do my (laughs) best to be a consummate host and and really dive deep on that. Uh, Before we get into that, we've got to back things up and and just talk about, uh, you know, today, generally speaking, right now, how are you feeling on a scale of one to questioning your existence? Where are you at? Uh, let's put me at a six, maybe a seven. Uh, I've just been, you know, struggling a little bit with the quarantine life and just I'm used to having a lot more alone time than usual. I really value like my silence and I'm very introverted and so just 24-7 time around your partner, I think it's hard for anyone who's not used to it. And so it's been a real adjustment period for me. So I'm really, really bad at conflict and confrontation. And there's been a bit of that recently. And it's left me a little shaken up. So yeah, like yesterday was worse. Today is better. But yeah, let's still put me in the the six range. Fair enough. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I had a <clears throat> I had a bit of a tough week too. Just I think um, probably like everybody else, it's just I go through fits and spurts. Where on the one hand, I'm grateful to have some extra time to work on projects I haven't had in a while, but it's it is difficult for me to be in one place. Uh, for a long time and not to have some some things to look forward to on the horizon and get moving I, I i think even just like the the threat of not being able to move sort of gnaws at me a little bit but you know i, I just was uh just doing a fair bit of meditating and trying to get back into a to a good place that was a little bit less um fired up and i and i you know i've come to realize over over the the years that uh, you can sort of get into a bit of a catastrophizing spiral where you know everything little comments irk you everything irks you and you just kind of gotta have to separate and i think just also recognizing you're in a little bit of a lull a little bit of a lower position i think uh for for the most part i've just sort of started to realize that those lulls tend to actually you know lead towards the next up and that's the way I've just tried to think about it. So early this week, I just just did not feel like myself. But um, I went for a few long walks and took some time to do a few things that I really enjoyed and kindly recognized that I'm not a robot, but a human. And I was able to sort of get ease out from that. I think I'm probably maybe if I feel pretty good today, to be honest with you, if you'd asked me earlier in the week, I think I would have been like a six or a seven, but uh, I think I feel probably more like a four today, easing uh, easing towards the weekend and all that kind of stuff. But no, not the easiest week, I don't think, for either of us. But that's okay. That's where we're at, and um, you know, all we can do is move forward. And I think for me, for sure, having this podcast, talking things out, um, even just taking the time to actually reflect on how I was feeling earlier, that even feels good in and of itself. So there we are. There we are. Just one question. What's a weekend? 
that's a good that that, that that's a really good point. I I so I I was I think last week even or even I don't know a couple of days ago I was sort of jokingly like oh it's Blur's Day or like it's Wednesday W H H E N S Wednesday and I I was like haha this is quite humorous and now it's uh it's kind of reached a critical mass where I I actually don't know what day it is or month <laughs> it is it's yeah. it's May first and I have almost no recollection of where April went. Yeah, I was shocked when I realized it was May 1st today. And I also went to bed on Tuesday, absolutely convinced that it was Sunday night and wrote like the most beautiful, ambitious wish list for like my to do list. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do all of this by the end of the week. And then I woke up the next morning and looked at the list and was like, oh shit, it's actually Wednesday. There's no way I can do all of this. And like, I know that that's not actually logical. There's no reason why I can't accomplish that in the same amount of time. But you know, there's like, there's something energizing about a Monday to-do list, you know? It's definitely a different vibe than a Wednesday to-do list. So I felt a little bit of a, a buzzkill when I found out that my Monday to-do list was actually a Wednesday to-do list. Yeah, I I totally understand that. That would throw me off into a tailspin. Um, so I'm yeah, I, I'm excited. We have we're chatting with some friends and stuff tonight, and and I'm looking forward to that. But I also I like I don't know. I I don't necessarily love staying in my house endlessly and drinking beer and just being like you know it, it's it's not it's not an ideal situation for. I guess what I want to put out there is that this is it, for anybody who does have uh, any struggle with with any form of mental illness or any difficulties um, regularly keeping up, this is a difficult time for, you know, a plethora of reasons. So let us all remember, we are only but human. Unless you're a banana, in which case yeah, you are the I enemy. Was just, <laughs> I was just about to say, and we're not ending this out, really, we're leaving this in. I was just about to say there's no reasonable transition towards the talk about bananas here. And then you came out of left field and said, unless you're a banana. So I just want to applaud you for a second. You're welcome. You're welcome. I just, I knew we were, we needed to bring it in, start to segue. And I just needed to, needed to get us there. Yeah. I'm extremely proud of you for making that segue. <laughs> it's... I don't. I can't tell you how impossible that segue seemed to me, and the fact that you just outright called it when I said we have to remember we're only human, and you said unless you're a banana. So good for you. Um, you're I'm welcome. Very, yeah, very, very proud of you. So actually, seeping into that, I think today. I mean, I was laughing about how every single thing has a day now, where it's like it's national like bulldozer while like how to bulldoze while going West day or something like that you're like, well, that's awfully specific. Or like, you know, it would be like a, uh, people who only turn left today, you know? And you're like, I, this, there can't be this many days. How many days in the year do people think there are? I mean, if it's, if it's 2020, they're correct because there are a million days in this year so far as evidenced by the fact that it's only May 1st, but, uh, they seem to think that there's an unlimited number of days and it's like, okay, if we're going to have like one day for everything, we have to pick the top 365 and not even that because there's like Christmas and other things. So like, come on, like bananas do not deserve a day. Bananas are not a top 350 most important things in the world 
like International Dog Day. I'm there with you. International Cat Day. Great. International Pizza Day. Phenomenal. International Banana Day. Go fuck yourself. Wow, drastic. But I think that's what that's what needs to come out here. Um, we need to get some of that Ooh. bad energy out. Ooh, but I also, I think, I think, I think while you're deep breathing, though, um, and this will probably not help. Uh, it's important to remember that the bananas don't seem to have one day. The bananas seem to have taken multiple days because if you remember, I talked about and we learned quickly that the National Banana Day is uh, in the U.S. is April 15th, but it seems like Australia is May 1st. So how many other nations have a banana day that is not on the, either of those two days? And then the other question, of course, is, is there an international banana day? So we're looking at like a, oh, I don't know, I mean, maybe a percent or two chance that every day is some sort of banana day. That just can't be, Chris. That just can't be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to the UN about this promptly because this is this is not right. Well, whether it's right or not, um, I while <laughs> while I was uh, just talking there, I did Google that apparently there's another National Banana Day. I can't tell for what country, but it seems to be April 21st. So, so April is canceled and May 1st. Well, that's the simple solution. I think. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of April. Um, I'm assuming maybe it's something to do with the growing season. So I think this explains a lot of why April was so tough for you was the sheer volume of banana days. And and while you while you probably couldn't, you you may not have known, but but you knew deep inside that it was a banana day. Yeah, you know? I could sense it. I could sense it. I think it's so. rough. I can I can sense you know I can sense I can smell a banana from really far away. Like, uh, they have a really strong smell to me. And that's mostly what this comes from is like the smell. So it's like, it's a multi-part phobia, but the smell is like the most salient part of the phobia. Like the browner the banana, the more stressed I am. So like the bananas that you use for banana bread, like when people post on their Instagram stories, like making banana bread. And then they show these like borderline, like decomposingly brown bananas. I'm like, what are you doing? I've actually, I actually have unfollowed people who post too many banana bread Instagram stories. Like there are a lot of food bloggers I was following who was like, nope, nope, nope. This is the third time that you've done this to me. No. So, um, yeah, brown bananas are the absolute worst. Um, they disturb me. And I can explain why, actually, this part. I didn't used to hate bananas so much. Um, when I was a kid, I theoretically ate bananas. And at one point, I stopped liking them. And it didn't really bother me so much like in my college years I didn't like them I didn't eat them but it wasn't like this visceral reaction and then the real phobia of bananas started when I was 21 and I was working in uh, New York City public schools and they would always serve the kids like these like rotten ass brown bananas and the smell was putrid just putrid they these Bananas were so brown, so brown. Like they didn't even try to give them yellow bananas. They just gave them brown bananas. And I worked with special needs kids who are in sort of like their early, their preteens, like uh, 11 to 14, roughly, let's say. And uh, these kids had sort of like 
a little bit of learned helplessness where they kind of looked to adults to do a lot of things for them because that is how their life had always been. Even things they were perfectly capable of doing, they would just sort of hand things off to adults to help them with it. And so they, you know, kids would ask me to open them their milk curtains for them. And then it started escalating to having me open their bananas. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it because they were so brown and so squishy that I was like, no, either you need to figure this out or you need to ask a friend how to open this for you because I can't touch that. I'm sorry. It's, it's disturbing. And I just looked at it as a lesson in independence and social skills. I also realized that this is why I am no longer a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I'm sorry. Um, that's I'm not helping with that. So, so can you describe? You you sort of mentioned this 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 process by where you got closer to the bananas, and then the bananas started to get on your nerves. Was there one particular moment where enough was enough with the banana? I mean. I can't think of a specific moment where it was just the worst because every encounter with a really brown banana feels the worst. <laughs> um, I would say that just like having a banana kind of like thrust in your face, and I'm talking about an actual banana. I know this sounds like very, very suggestive, but like having a kid thrust like a rotting banana in your face asking you to open it like that's just that that's very triggering you know and I think that would give anyone a lifelong phobia of uh fruit that a lot of people eat for some reason and so and so I I should point out here that I'm actually a huge lover of the banana I I think uh bananas are delicious they I'm one of those people that you know if you put banana bread in front of me I'll eat it um, with almost a reckless abandon and enjoy it very much. I will say that I am I am a little bit with you with the brown banana thing. I don't love it, but it's not it's it's more of like a mild distaste as opposed to any sort of like anxiety or phobia. But I I don't I mean this is probably gonna be medium triggering for you, but I will say I I, I lived in a house in the university with five other guys and the fruit bowl was you know well for one non-existent it was just fruit on a table because it didn't fit in the fridge or like whatever else it was it was just like it was it was fruit and right beside the dishes so the flies would be all over the place like the fruit flies were pretty non-stop and i do have a feeling like bananas are like especially i don't know especially alluring for the fruit fly so that's the one thing I'm like, I'm not big on is it's the brown banana and the fruit fly thing going on, not loving it. But I don't, you know, if if somebody served me like, I don't know, bananas and ice cream or whatever, like I would never really worry about it too, too much. But I am deeply fascinated. I'm thrilled to play Dr. Phil today and just really dive into, you know, the, the real hatred of the banana for you. But I just wanted to point out there that I, I'm actually a, like, and we've talked about this briefly before, but I'm actually, I love bananas. I think they're a great flavor and fruit. And I know we don't, we just don't share that opinion. So I, I know that you started off with this, this real hatred for it, but the banana has followed you around like a, like a, like a pest over the years, hasn't it? Like a fruit fly. It has, it has. <laughs> 
<laughs> so can you talk about other other mo- other ways that bananas have have made you invariably anxious or or the banana has crushed your hopes and dreams? Yeah, absolutely. Um so let's talk about banana bread. Because often it's not announced as banana bread. Like people will try to be sneaky about it. And so like I actually like automatically don't trust any baked good that's vegan because I'm like, oh, you probably use some fucking bananas instead of eggs. Like and you didn't announce this as banana bread. It's just vegan chocolate cake. And then it's no, it's not vegan chocolate cake. It's vegan banana bread with some freaking chocolate in it. Like that's very different. So I don't like this stealth banana poisoning that's been happening. My phobia is so real that I will actually be one of those people who will like fake an allergy because I can't. It's easier to say that I'm allergic to bananas than saying like I have an incomprehensible phobia of this fruit. And if there is any taste of it in this dish, it will ruin my day. If there's ever anything that's like slightly questionable, like a muffin, I'll just like have to be like, is there any banana in this? Because I'm like very allergic to bananas. And I'm sorry to people with allergies who I'm like, you know, making life worse for you. I'm sorry, but it might as well be an allergy because I just I wish my throat would close up when I ate a banana. It's that bad. (laughs) So after it would be a self-defense mechanism yeah yeah help (laughs) i so let's say that and these are just we're going to call it hypotheticals with chris right now so on this episode of hypotheticals with chris i've finally convinced you to come to toronto and you're pleasantly surprised by how enjoyable the city is because it is toronto's a great city and you also bought my ebook a local travel writer's guide to toronto um because you're very smart thank you thank you you're very welcome yeah, very high. I thought that was good. And once you arrive in Toronto using, and of course you've discovered, you've used my book for a day or two of really great exploration. I say, you know, Allison, it's, you've been exploring the city for a couple of days with my with my guidebook. I mean, surely you're going to want to come and hang out at my place. And you say, Chris, I would love nothing more than that. And take the subway up, you arrive at my house. And when you arrive, Bree's made a cocktail, which is, which is, I don't know, it's a little frothy, but you can only assume it's egg. And you're like, oh, it's great to see you, Chris. We have a hug. We talk about how wondrous and successful the podcast has been because this is in the future. And I hand you the cocktail and you take a sip and you taste banana. Walk me through what happens next. Um, I would recoil violently. I would place the drink down and politely ask, is there a banana in this? To which you would say, oh, I don't know. Bree, did you did you put banana in this? To which point our friendship would be over because, (laughs) I mean, you did this to me knowingly. There are people who have accidentally banana poisoned me and I've forgiven them because they didn't know because I didn't have the chance to uh, elucidate the situation to them. But you know, you know, and you should have warned Brie. And even if she... (laughs) made the cocktails you are not blameless and not warning her that they could not contain bananas so i would politely ask but once you confirm okay friendship over so that seems like an appropriate response um to end everything on the on the podcast let's say it was at a restaurant are you like are you unable to eat the meal going home day over sort of put a period at the end of the sentence banana hatred i've also noticed you use the phrase banana poisoning 
which at first I thought was overkill and now seems very apt. So would you kindly um, let us know a little bit about, let's say you get bananaed at a restaurant. They see, they, I don't know, something, it was like something extremely covert. Like they went experimental on your, I don't know, steak or something like that. And it was like, it was like a very, it was a very fancy restaurant and they went for like a banana creme fraiche or something ridiculous. Um, are you like, is it meal over life over? Um, life is not over because they don't know me, so they didn't do it maliciously. But I will say that I did once have to send something back because there was banana that was unannounced on it. And I saw it and my face just fell. And I'm trying to recall what it was, but I just told them like, oh, I'm sorry. I really, really cannot eat this. Like I had no idea that this was on here and, uh, I sent it back and it's, only the first or second time I think I've ever sent food back in my life. Like I'm not that person because I have too much anxiety about being that person. But oh yeah, I will like if if I get stealth bananaed, like I will 100% send that back. Like it's inedible to me at that point. And I won't be rude about it, but I'll just say like I I cannot eat this. I'm sorry. Okay, so you could still you'd still be able to eat after that when the plate returned, but but it would be something you held on to for decades. And I wouldn't go back, like even if it was the best restaurant ever, probably, because it should be announced. You know, it's like, I don't think we actually talked about this on our restaurant episode, but like, I hate when they don't announce what things are on the menu and they just like list like five ingredients, but then there's like all these other ingredients that you weren't expecting and like you had no idea how things were were listed you know, and I was at a restaurant in Vienna and they, the rest, the, the menu was like veal, this, this, and this. And I, luckily my dad asked like, how is the veal cooked? And it's like, oh, well actually it's sweetbreads and, and veal liver. And it's like, that's, that's, those are two different things. That's not what people think of when they think of veal. Like if you order veal and then you get sweetbreads and liver, that's not what is advertised, you know? And I just really don't like it when restaurants don't give you enough information about the dishes that you're ordering and just try to be vague and be like, botanicals. Like, tell me what botanicals, please. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Could you elaborate on the botanicals? <laughs> yes. I, I, I keep, <laughs> sorry, when you were going on that small tangent, I mean, I to me, this is all very visceral. Like I can picture these scenes perfectly. And so I can only hope that we're kind of painting, kind of like painting a Seinfeld episode in people's heads a little bit because it's just that enjoyable. But in my head, and of course, I sympathize with everyone's, Phobias, and particularly your phobias, but for me, this is just one that I'm willing to run with um, because, you know, deep down inside, I love you. So let's keep going with this banana thing. And I wanted to say, like, I, in my head, I was picturing you were like, I'll have the um, the chicken marsala. And then it just came out in a plate. It was, it was just a banana on a plate. And you were like, I don't understand. This wasn't listed. <laughs> I was so badly want to do that one time and have like a hidden camera and just see the chagrin oh yeah there would be a face <laughs> full of chagrin well since 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 that definitely won't happen and didn't happen and um i and i don't want people to think i'm borderline cruel because i have a soft and loving 
demeanor. Um, can you describe other times when the banana has uh, intruded upon your happiness or sent you into a small demonic spiral? Yes, absolutely. Um, so recently I was in Brazil and Brazil, not a safe space for a banana phobic like me. But it was one of our last days in Brazil because we had to cancel the trip early because global pandemic. And so uh, we were having a family lunch and they put out these plates of uh, like the little teeny tiny bananas. Um, In Brazil, they're called like uh, platanos de masa and like apple bananas because they're small i don't know they're supposedly they're extra sweet they're i don't know whatever (laughs) they're still bananas even if they're small i don't care um sorry i just realized i said the the name wrong it's not platinos it's bananas but whatever doesn't matter so they put out all these little tiny bananas and I would just was watching in horror as like every member of his family just started eating these bananas around me. And like, I think maybe to, yeah, Tulio's dad and um, Tulio's my husband, Tulio's dad and his stepmom kind of know about my thing about bananas. We talked about it, but like they were still eating them anyway. I think Tulio had one or two. Cause like, I have to allow him to eat bananas. Like it's a little too crazy to not let him eat bananas. But all of a sudden I was just surrounded by like banana peels because they're like the little tiny bananas. And so people were eating like multiple as like an appetizer. And then the table was just like piling up with these banana peels. And I just like, I was just like looking around like in horror. I was suddenly getting really, really quiet and I, Tulio noticed that I was like getting really upset. And so he like hid his banana and his like <laughs> napkin holder, his banana peel and his napkin holder. <laughs> and then I like started like nodding my head over to like the people next to me, like his aunt and uncle and being like, get those two, get those two. And <laughs> he had to sort of like collect the banana peels from the table and like hide them from me. Um, because the banana peels were like really just like upsetting me, but I didn't want to tell everyone at the table, don't eat these because I like, you know, it's my phobia. Like, you know, even though I think that eating bananas in public should be a crime, I know that not everyone agrees with me. So yeah, I just had to, had to suffer through it. And luckily I have a more or less supportive husband (laughs) (laughs) on this regard (laughs) who, uh, who will at least hide the peels after he has eaten bananas. And in fact, in our households, like we've reached sort of like a, a detente with bananas because at first I like traveled half the time and lit like lived with him half the time. Cause I was in between visa situations and whatever. And that was fine. He would always eat the bananas while I was away. He'd like get like two kilos of bananas and then just like binge eat them <laughs> while I was gone on my trips. <laughs> Because he knew how strong my thing against bananas was. But then when we moved in together and got married, like, he was like, listen, I am going to eat bananas in my house and you're just going to have to learn to to deal with it. And I'm like, okay, that is fair. Like, I can't force you to not eat a food, but you have to hide them from me. You have to, like 
not eat them in the same room as me. And you also have to, um, like, once you throw the peel in the garbage bag, you have to, like, tie up the garbage bag so that I don't accidentally see and smell the peel when I'm throwing something out. And he's mostly followed those three rules, and it's been good for our marriage. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. It's um, <laughs> I, I have to say, just because I'm, I, I'm loving playing listener right now as well, because it's just deeply entertaining. I, when you were when you were describing sitting at the table with Tulio's family and just this banana buffet going on, it, it it reminded me of like a vegan who was like they were brought to a a a barbecue and they arrived and it was like da 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 and there was just like a pig on a spit, you know, and they were like yeah, it's one of these, but and then like it, it, that's what it reminded me of, like the the offensive nature of the banana was almost that of a vegan witnessing, you know, coming to a meat filled southern barbecue. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably. Similar levels of repulsion, although different levels of morality. Mine has, has no basis in morality. It's just a pure aversion. <laughs> At least vegans have the moral high ground. <laughs> I am just pathologically afraid of a perfectly normal fruit. <laughs> and let me just say that I wish I liked bananas. Like, this is not because there are many things that are supposedly good about bananas. Like, they're very portable, you know, they have a sh- like, I don't know, a shell, no, a peel, a peel that contains them so that you can like put one in your purse and transport it and have it as a snack. I just wish that they weren't mushy yet fibrous at the same time. That is like the textural component of a banana it, besides the smell is the thing that is so upsetting to me. How can something be both like mushy like a rotten decomposing object yet fibrous like celery at the same time you know that's just like that blows my mind like why why evolutionarily did this happen why and also that's one of the worst parts about seeing someone eat a banana in public is when you see the strings of the banana you know (laughs) Because that's what makes me think of like how the texture is so horrifying to me, that simultaneous stringiness with the mushiness and just seeing the strings. Oh, I just gag. Like I, sometimes I actually do gag if I see someone eating a banana <laughs> in public. Like that's really, it's, it's true. Like I wish that I was overstating this for dramatic effects, but um, I do have an incredibly physical reaction to witnessing uh the consumption of bananas in public yeah see the see the banana is great for hiking i love taking a banana hiking it's i have um a thing about foods that don't fill you being useless and so i appreciate the banana because it like in the fruit world it it packs a little bit of a punch and you know ensures that i it it feels good like when you're if you've like worked out and you eat, eat a banana for some potassium and so on and so forth like oh yeah absolutely once when I was sorry, no, I just want to ahead. interrupt you here because I have another extremely important story please, here. Please. Is um I was hiking a volcano in Nicaragua and the guides said like when I booked this tour and the guides said that uh snacks were provided and a meal was provided, like because it was an overnight hike. And I was doing this hike, it was so hot, it wasn't a particularly um 
high altitude hike, but hiking on a volcano, which is like pure gravel is super, super difficult. Like just the actual uh, gravel itself makes the hike like a lot more strenuous, even if you're only hiking to like a thousand meters. So it was really hot. There was a lot of shade. I was super hungry, had sweat a whole bunch. And um, we stopped and they brought out the snack. And what do you know? The snack was a bunch of fucking bananas. Literally. That was it. That was the only option. I was starving. I was so, so hungry. And I was like, maybe you should just eat one. Maybe it won't be so bad. Like, maybe, maybe this time will be different. Maybe this time you'll finally get over this, this phobia, this, this visceral distaste that you have for this fruit. And it didn't happen. I couldn't do it. I just decided to starve and get a headache until, you know, we ate real food at the camp that night. But uh, I stand by the fact that a banana is not an acceptable snack. And should be listed separately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you you would think there would be more than the banana there. I mean, in, in that case, more than a bunch of bananas. But we also probably a good opportunity to to talk about the fact that the banana is it's not a not necessarily a hated fruit. I mean, this is a this is a quite a unique phobia, right? Or, or is it? And, and maybe I'm just wrong, but I don't often hear about the level of um, banana hatred with such phrases as banana poisoning and so on um, and be getting quote unquote stealth banana. I I'm curious, <laughs> I'm curious whether other people like, do you know anybody else who shares this? Yes. Do you feel this is like a, like a once in a lifetime, what, you know, you, you carry the burden of the banana or, or is this why? No, no, because I know at least two people who I've bonded over uh, my hatred of bananas with uh, one person who can stomach them, but thinks that they're gross and too mushy and really hates watching people eat them. And then another who just like can't stand the smell and thinks that they're really foul. Um, but I will say like, I also, I'm just really sensitive to like the smell of overripe fruit in general. And um, I also really hate super ripe, like cantaloupe. Like the smell of like a really ripe melon makes me feel like I literally smell a decomposing object because I guess it is technically something that's really ripe is in the stages of decomposition. And I just from both cantaloupe that's way too ripe and bananas, I get that sensation of like something dead and rotting well the overly ripe cantaloupe or the ripe cantaloupe can be amazing like cantaloupe was my favorite fruit as a kid because it was what yeah what mm -hmm. yeah what no that that is the fruit that you avoid in a fruit salad. no honeydew is the fruit that you avoid in a fruit salad okay yeah honeydew sucks yeah. but like yeah. it's it's much less offensive i don't know this because this has changed as i've gotten older i i think i used to like cantaloupe but then my friend, we were once in Budapest and she bought like a melon from the market and she just like let it sit 
And it just smelled and smelled and smelled worse and worse. And she's like, oh, it's getting so ripe. I'm like, it's decomposing. <laughs> like, it smells horrible. Like, I could smell it. And I do not have a strong sense of smell whatsoever. Like, I'm normally the person where like, oh, my God, do you smell that horrible smell? I'm like, no, what's happening? But, like, I can smell, for some reason, the smell of rotting fruit or ripe fruit in some people's eyes is very strong to me. And so that sort of cemented cantaloupe in my head as like banana adjacent in terms of phobia, but um, not quite as bad. Okay. All right. I can, I can handle that. I, I, but you could put forth the argument like strawberries, for example, out on the table when they go bad, like they get really bad too. Like they look, they start to, they literally start to like crumble in on themselves the cantaloupe you can probably at least pretend that it's not doing that but then but then it's tricking you at least the strawberries are honest about it true yeah none of the lies but the banana is the most truthful it changes colors to indicate i mean what it's a kind fruit no at least yes okay that's at least honest i would say um the, the only problem is that people seem to celebrate that and think that it is not only good for consumption still at that point, but let's turn it into a fucking cake. Let's turn it into some bread. What did carbs ever do to you? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? It's, it's interesting to me because it's not just the texture, clearly. It is the it is the flavor. But I also think there is an element of this that is just, it's just all things banana. You've, you've thrown up the, you've thrown your hands up in the air and you're like, I'm not getting near any banana. Like, if you're at a skin store, a skin store, what the heck is that? You're at a... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Chris, revealing something quite frightening about yourself yeah, on this podcast. Things just got very Buffalo Billy. But... <laughs> Toronto PD, Toronto PD. <laughs> <laughs> Paging Toronto PD, check out where the skin store is. But um, what I was referring to is I was, at, well, I was going to call it a lotion shop, but that also sounds terrible. <laughs> Um, a place. Why are you suddenly Buffalo Bill? Yeah, I know, I know. What's going on here? Um, there are places which sell moisturizing cream. Perhaps let's go with the ever safe term pharmacy. If you go to a pharmacy, <laughs> you might find moisturizing cream. And let's say you get this cream. It's extra moisturizing. Your skin's dry. It's the middle of winter. It's like a drab Sophia winter. And you're like, wow, I really need this sunshine. You put the moisturizing cream on and voila, it smells of the banana. Is that a devastating thing as well? Devastating. Wash my face. Scrub it. <laughs> devastating. But can I throw everyone a curveball here? Please. Like, I am okay with a plantain. The plantain, as we all know, is the banana. Banana's very bland cousin. You know, like I yeah. at the family reunion, I picture the banana kind of being the star of the show. Although, you know, aging perhaps not so gracefully. But then you have <laughs> the the plantain is like the forgotten cousin who comes over and it's like, hey, hey, Pod, just wanted to congratulate you on your on your PhD. And we know that the plantain was sort of set to work on the farm since since they were a kid. They never really graduated anything. The plantain is is uh, to be oxymoronic, like absurdly boring. I guess that's fine with me because I'd rather something be absurdly boring than ostentatiously awful. 
<laughs> and so to me, there's like a range in how much I can tolerate a plantain. So which it, it coordinates with the ripeness, you know. So a green plantain that's turned into like tostones or plantain chips, love it. Like no phobia, totally fine. It's we're we're cool. A ripe plantain, like, served with, like, some Central American food. Like, when I was in, like, Nicaragua and Guatemala, like, often, like, a plantain was on the side. I could kind of make myself eat it, like, bit by bit. And, like, I didn't love the moment of it. But I was, like, you know, this is, like, something that's part of their cuisine. And it doesn't make me want to vomit smelling it. So I can try it a little bit at a time. And I can consume a yellow plantain I don't love plantains like I'm not saying that I'm like ooh, let me order this but if you put like a ripe plantain on my plate I can usually eat it uh green plantains that have been turned into like tostones or like um a fungo or something like totally fine but other other plantains we have issues or other bananas like bananas we have issues plantains we're we're sort of like in a detente like it's a truce interesting so i think that probably points to the notion that which is probably true about a lot of things that both i think you and i have a propensity to feel strongly about things um which is probably good for the podcast because otherwise it'd be like yeah i don't mind those don't mind that yeah that's good like and, <laughs> and nobody would have a reason to listen but it, it is fascinating to me that you can you a great detest for the banana, but uh, a passing grade for the plantain. Like does, that speaks probably to the to the power of the to what you've created, you know, over the years in your mind about the banana, right? I mean, it's probably this is this is let's just say this is bigger than the banana, right? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the smell and the rotting smell. I think a lot of it has to do with the smell uh, more than anything else. And then I start to weave in other associations due to the smell because I get convinced that the smell is rotting, which makes me think the mushiness. Oh, it's rotting even more. The brownness, it's rotting even more. And so maybe it's just a fear of death, actually. I was just about you to know? say, I was just, um, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to let you bring it there because I know in past episodes, I've been the one to drag us into perhaps unnecessary philosophy. So I'm really happy you brought us there because I was just thinking the fixation on the rotting thing, I think that might have something to do with it. You know, you're like, like this horrid, sweet death. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I smell like a really brown case of bananas I will say it smells like a dead body and people are like how do you know what a dead body smells like and I'm like well I don't but it must smell like that and so yeah bananas do kind of remind me of death in a way I guess because to me the smell is just of pure decomposition yeah I mean I guess I can understand that on some level but I think the big takeaway from this is that bananas equal death um for for you, I'm going to still continue to enjoy them, but uh, and I'm sure you'll continue to rub it in my face. There's three bananas on my counter right now, one of which is appallingly brown, and Bree's going to. Oh my god! I know, and Bree's just put it out of its misery. Bree, well, Bree's going to freeze it and turn it into banana bread. 
Um, and of course, we name all our banana breads. So the next one will be Allison. Um, and then, of course, Allison the second and third. So I think we'll just be sure to continue to name our banana breads after you out of respect for it. All joking aside, you know, I understand the phobia is real, but it's also your passion for this and your intensity is is priceless. It's it's part of what I appreciate about you. It is a very central part of my it identity. Is. Like if you go past like basic human characteristics, like likes and dislikes, it is one of the top 10 most important features. About it's huge, me. actually. I mean, it's it's well, let's I mean, let's put it in perspective. We recorded a couple of episodes and it came up so much that it just eventually came to light that we had to record an episode about bananas. Right. So this is, and I, within our first, within our first four episodes. Right. So I think, (laughs) I think, and also to prove me wrong, um, we, I had in my head thought that this episode might be, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. And before we started, you're like, no, 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 this is going to be an hour, Chris. And here we are. Um, we're, we're heading towards an hour. I think you're going to be right. And, uh, I almost said, I think we're going to be right. You're going to be right. But, um, I didn't say right because the banana thing. Oh no. So do you have, I mean, certainly I know there's probably a couple of hours more material and, and if this is a hit, we can certainly do banana part too, because I know realistically we're just scratching the, the peel on this one, but, um, (laughs) so I was waiting for your luck. That was not an appealing. Oh, very me, nice. So. I'm happy. That was a great counterpunch. So do, mm-hmm. was there any other place um, that you wanted to to take this this grand banana rant? Uh, I think I really have exhausted my emotional capacity mm-hmm. to speak about bananas. Um, it is slightly activating and triggering mm-hmm. for me to discuss it at such length because I feel like now I can smell the bananas that I know are on the counter hiding. No, no, there are bananas in my house right now. Like there are a couple bananas hiding in a bag that I know that I'm not allowed to look into. Um, and I feel like I can smell them now. This has made me a little paranoid. So I wasn't sure. Cause I wasn't sure if this would be like a, an enlightening thing where we went through everything together and it was like, we felt better moving forward. Certainly we're going to have a lot more potential for inside jokes moving forward that will be strewn throughout other podcasts. But uh, I wasn't sure if you would leave this and be like, <sighs> like it was good getting it all out there. I mean, now everybody understands the depth of your, your real, um, what, what did you call it? The, the poisoning, the, the banana poisonings. So I banana think banana poisoning, stealth banana, stealth banana, all of that kind of stuff. And I think we've done a, I think, but I think when all is said and done, we're going to finish the recording, and you're going to stop and hit a deep breath, and just realize that this was in some way therapeutic. No. 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 Okay. Sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, uh, speaking of a great transition, because we didn't do it at the beginning. And I think we've we've um, finished our grand banana rant, um, which was I thought very enjoyable. But uh, we did mention in the beginning that, and it, this would have been especially appropriate for this episode. We did mention in the beginning that you know, when we we're doing this, when we're doing this podcast, um, we're doing it largely for fun, and we're not here to help um, help the average passerby and save their life. We're not therapists. We are just two people who are awfully unique and want to share that. So I just wanted to put that out there. Now that being said. If somebody listened to this episode 
with the same banana hatred you had, I think we could all agree that this would be at least soothing to know that somebody else feels their pain, right? They're not alone. Yeah. We're not alone. There are there are more of us. <laughs> I know there are. I know there are. But I, one day we will rise up and we will end the bananas. I was I was gonna try to turn that into a real moment where I was like, and that's something important to know that none of us are alone. But I, I just couldn't. And then and then you took it on the end of Banana Rand, and I'm happy I didn't. So that's wonderful. I think that was hilarious and great. I hope everybody else enjoyed it. And I think we can actually bring it back to a, to a wee bit of a serious place to end the episode uh, in a way that we do every week now, um, which has been, oh my gosh, a whopping four or five times in a row now. So we're, we're getting traction. But we ask each other at the end, what's one thing that we're patting ourselves on the back for? Uh, we both talked at the beginning about how this is a pretty difficult time or at least a trying time because I think, at least for me, largely because little things that wouldn't bother me are officially bothering me. And so <laughs> that, that can be really difficult. Um, I still hold a stern place of love for the banana, but uh, that would never bother me. But other things have. And that's, that's just life. So what's one thing that you think, hey, you know what, hasn't been ideal last week or haven't been feeling 100% or whatever, but you're still patting yourself on the back for? Well, it's a little difficult because the last week was difficult, but I would just say, again, getting through it. I've been working on my food photography for my new food uh, blog and that's been quite difficult for me because, like we mentioned in a previous episode, I hate the beginner stages of anything. I hate feeling like an amateur. I pretty much immediately want to move to expert, even if I have not put in any work or investment into deserving expert status. I still feel like it, like I should already be an expert and frustrated that I'm not. So I found food photography quite frustrating, but I feel like I'm starting to actually see myself make progress. And I'm more proud of the fact that I'm actually able to see that I've made progress than the fact that I've actually made progress, if that makes sense. Like being able to stop being so hard on myself and be like, oh, wow, these photos are objectively slightly better than a couple weeks before. So I guess I'm just I'm proud that I'm learning something and going through the annoying stage of being bad at something, but also slightly getting better and celebrating that slightly. Yeah. But mostly just surviving is the big thing. And I think that's going to be my thing kind of each week because frankly, I am not being very productive. It's been incredibly difficult for me to work on any of my businesses during this pandemic. I downloaded the Sims three um this week which bringing it straight back to like 2008 i'm like oh my life sucks you know whose life doesn't suck this sim that i created he will not make banana bread ever um and uh <laughs> i just feel like i've just it's been hard to go about normal life so I'm not trying to be peak productive and that's fine. I can play The Sims like I'm in my teenage years again and don't like to go outside. Only this time I do like to go outside. I'm just legally suggested not to. 
So I've been playing a lot of The Sims and working on my food photography and surviving. And that's okay. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. Speaking of food photography, Brie just came uh, to the side of my office with a banana in her hand. I took a picture and I did send it to you on Facebook. So um, you will get that picture. I, I see the notification now that Christopher James Mitchell sent me a photo. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just never, I'm just gonna delete Facebook off my my phone. You, like you're gonna delete Facebook? It. That seems aggressive, but I think yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll just, you know, just never use it again. It's a good one. You it's know, a good picture a, for when you're ready. Get a fake name. Yeah, when you get a fake name. Yeah, for when you're ready. For when you're ready. Yeah. Uh, my my husband had a phone screen background of a dog wearing a banana costume and I made him change it because it upset me too much every time. Or no, it was a dog wearing a bunch of bananas on his head like a hat. Mm-hmm. And I made him change his phone background because it upset me every time I saw it. And I'm like, it's actually not even funny. Like at first it was funny, but now I just get upset every yeah, time. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't this. make your background that. I just I just no, Brie bought the brought in the said banana I talked about that was especially brown just to Oh no. To. Oh it's, it's brown. Oh yeah. No. I mean, I think you know what? I think it might be better if you don't look at it. Um could have yeah. been too aggressive. Could have been too aggressive. Although I don't know, maybe maybe getting my reaction. Oh my god, no. Oh, <laughs> Oh no. Oh, that is so brown. Oh my god. Oh my god. It looked like someone started painting it and then stopped. Bree, just so you know. Bree, can you hear me? Yeah. She said it looked like someone started painting it and stopped. That is not fit for human consumption. Not fit for human consumption. Well, that's great. We can leave this in because I think that's, that's pretty phenomenal. Oh, I should do my what, one thing I'm patting myself on the back for. So obviously one thing I'm patting myself on the back for is taking that picture and sending it. Um, but besides that, I think in actuality, one thing I'm patting myself on the back for is um, just understanding that you know every low has a high as well and that I'm really terrible at being in the middle in the equilibrium. I usually sort of have a propensity to catastrophize to where I feel like it's the worst or where I get onto a high where I feel like it's the best. And I'm learning kind of as I go forward with reading and meditation and just sort of actually being in tune myself to, to try and understand the, the mediums are okay too, you know, and that doesn't have, and, and also understanding that if I'm feeling really low, that it doesn't last forever. I think that's a really important thing that I've only realized recently or, or not realized, but, I always, I understand objectively that emotions are temporary, but sometimes you feel like you get hit with a bout of something where you're just like, you feel a little defeated, you know? And, um, and I think it's, it's taking me time and it's, even though it's difficult during this time, I'm at least becoming better at understanding that, that it, it won't, I won't always feel like that. And, and oftentimes when I just understand that it's not going to be my day, and I just accept that as opposed to try and make today, make that day the best day of all time or the most productive day of all time. It, it tends to be that the next day I feel better and that's good enough. But it took me a long time to not – like I, I think there was a long period of time where I wouldn't wake up feeling 100% and then I would shame myself for not feeling 100%. And yeah. that doesn't bring you anywhere either, you know? No. I've been listening to this podcast that I find really helpful. Uh, It's called Unfuck Your Brain. And uh, one thing 
she said on a recent episode that uh, I thought was super useful was like feelings are not fatal. Feelings will not hurt you. Like feelings are just sensations in the body. And just like the the phrase that like feelings are just sensations in the body, I think is really important for people who suffer from anxiety, especially if you suffer from like the more physical aspect of anxiety, which is the kind of anxiety that I tend to skew more towards. Like my anxiety is definitely a lot more physically taxing than mentally taxing. I don't go so much on the thought spirals. It's more like a full body experience. And uh, so like thinking that feelings are just sensations um, and sensations pass. For some reason, I find that extremely helpful. And just knowing that, yeah, okay, this feeling will pass. Like, um, this feeling is not necessarily good or bad. It's just a feeling and that's kind of neutral. And I find that really helpful for some reason. Maybe other people will find it helpful too. And she puts it a lot better than I do. You know, it's always the kind of thing where when you try to paraphrase paraphrase someone, you sound like a complete idiot. But I found her podcast super helpful in understanding my anxiety and um, catastrophizing less about it. It's I actually, well, first and foremost, I think you said that actually very well. I understood exactly where you were coming from. And I don't think I don't think you did a bad job explaining that at all. I I think it's uh, I think it just points to the importance of I think both of us are uh, always trying to learn and get better and feel like, you know, try to learn more about how to. I don't know, grow with this, you know, and I think it can feel difficult at times, but I actually, it's I just what you were talking about. They reminded me of, I did a meditation practice last week. Uh, I mentioned last week, I, th- this is like what I'm into right now. So if anyone's listening for the last couple of episodes and think I'm like meditation.com, like it's only something I've newly really discovered the power of. So that's why I'm kind of all for it, but I'm reading a book called meditation for fidgety skeptics. And Jeff Warren is one of the co-authors of that book. And I started listening to, or I started, I downloaded an app called 10%, which is uh, called, it stands for 10% happier. And there's one meditation called welcome to the party. And he literally just like, he breaks down. He's like, you know, basically you take 10 minutes and you have a thought that comes in. That's like catastrophizing. And like in your heart, you're like, he's like, he's like, you know, don't, don't, don't push those thoughts out. Just say, welcome to the party. (laughs) <laughs> and I just kind of, I did that. I did that for 10 minutes where I just sat down there and I, I was mostly, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot better at, you know, focusing on my breath and in and out and in and out. But occasionally a thought would come at me and it felt so urgent and it felt like the world was ending or whatever. And then I would just go, welcome to the party. And it was, it was kind of helpful, you know, to let it roll, roll off. And, um, and also a really important reminder that oftentimes when a thought occurs to me, it feels so urgent that I deal with it or whatever. And and sometimes we just have to posit that thought as uh, it's something, it's like a cloud passing by, you know? And uh, I think in my past, I spent a lot of time chasing those clouds and, and, and having them rain on me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I think that that's all, hopefully that's all helpful for people. And that wasn't just a wild uh, tangent. We officially have passed the one hour mark. So there you go. We did it. Um, we are unca- incapable of doing that uh, less, less than one hour. And I think it's a good thing. 
Now, if, I told you, I have I know, feelings. I know. I, I know. have a lot of feelings about bananas. I know. I know. I'm. I'm actually really impressed. I. I thought. I think. It, I think. I think the episode was a lot of fun. And is there anything that you hate as irrationally? It doesn't have to be a food. As I hate bananas. Like, is there any uh, object? Not like concept or person, but just like, is there any object which draws your ire as much as bananas draw mine? No, I, I thought I thought about this leading up to this, whether there was one thing that I was like, and maybe I'll think of something later, but I can't think of anything that I've, I've that I've allotted so much mental attention to as you have to the banana. <laughs> And uh, and then and and then really cultivated that that hatred for, so um, I don't think so, but that doesn't make your hatred any less valid. And all joking aside, I think it's uh, I think probably some people are going to you know resonate with having a real intense phobia or fear of something. I'll come back to you. I, I'm sure there's probably something, uh, but if people want to talk to you more about this grand banana hatred and they want to reach out to you on social or something like that where would they find you for this banana conversation yeah if you want to form a gang and uh (laughs) and banana plantations everywhere which i mean let's argue that would probably be good for a lot of countries i mean it's not called banana republics for no reason the fruit is evil um you can find me <laughs> you can find me um on social media at, at eternal arrival uh that is uh not a turtle arrival as someone once thought that i said it is eternal like always arrival um and uh you can find me on my blog or eternalarrival.com uh which is just global travel so probably as useful to you as a banana peel is to me right now in these current <laughs> pandemic times. Um, you can also find me on sophiaadventures.com. Also less than useful for you unless you happen to be stuck in quarantine in Sofia, in which case I can tell you how to get a lot of really random groceries. Um, I have a corn tortilla hookup now, which is probably the best thing that's happened to me all week. Uh, corn tortillas are kind of like gold in Bulgaria because they're extremely elusive, but I have a hookup now. So, hey, if you want a corn tortilla hookup, I got one. And uh, you can also find me on the Passport Kitchen, which is my food blog, which explains uh, why I'm really passionate about passionate about corn tortillas and also explains why I will never have a banana recipe on the site no matter what. Yes, and my my personal favorite place to find you is a turtlesarrival.com. Um, <laughs> Someone actually thought that I said a turtle arrival, and I was like, oh my god, and now whenever I say it, I have to like really try to enunciate it, but because I'm thinking about it, I kind of still mumble it and almost say it, and it basically ruined my life. Well, so. maybe you have like a a fixation on on animals grand arrivals, you know, maybe maybe you really appreciate <laughs> The turtles arrive. Maybe I'm a marine biologist with a with a study of of tortoise arrivals. Exactly, that sounds like a great talk of a of a presentation. Uh, a turtle's arrival. Alison Green's take on the grand turtle migration. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. So, uh, 
If you want to find me, um, because you're tired of all your turtle research, you can go to travelingmitch.com with one L. You can also, if you're, again, I have the same caveat. If you, for some reason, are really into Ontario, um, you can go to ultimateontario.com. If you're based in Toronto, you can come check out the Toronto Bloggers Collective and answer a few questions to get in or get denied uh, with intensity. And um, harsh, yeah, I'm not really no. With no, Chris is a bully. No, you're, no. you're the Canadian version of a bully. <laughs> yeah, which is like very remorseful. Like you, you'll <laughs> yes. you'll do it, but then later you'll be very upset about it. <laughs> a bully who will punch you in the face and then say sorry. Pretty much, that's really it. Uh, actually, I won't punch you in the face, um, but I <laughs> I'd probably apologize for even thinking about it. So there you go <laughs> for thinking about it. Um, <laughs> Well, now that I've disrespected my homeland, uh, I think that's all the place. Oh, you can find me at Traveling Mitch on Twitter, Instagram. Twitter is probably the best place to find me because I'm the most active and or annoying. So that's a good spot. But how many L's, Chris? Um, still one L. Uh, and still, and I'll, okay. I can explain that. I can explain that one day in more depth. The being a Canadian but using the American spelling, it has. I'll just leave a hint. It has something to do with alcohol and Oslo, Norway. But you know what? Okay. We're just going to leave it there because- An expensive combination. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so not only did this episode not last 20 minutes, it is officially our longest episode. So there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. All hail the banana. <laughs> Except me. I will burn it down. <laughs> Thank you guys, everyone, for joining. We appreciate your support, love, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Please don't send me any banana pictures. Ha <laughs> ha!